when you stand in the middle of a room filled with people, you are confident because you're with yourself. You're with the most loved person in your life. You don't need to be talking to someone or be part of a group just to feel safe. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, of course. Have you ever at the bar where you feel like if you're just by yourself, you're like awkward, like, what am I doing? What do I do with my hands? Well, once you love yourself, you don't mind that. You don't like, care. Just, yeah, because I'm chill, you know? Like, I'm just enjoying my time here. Welcome to The Gaily Dose, the weekly podcast made for and by gay men and their allies. We're a podcast with a mission, elevated conversation with the hopes of building a deeper sense of community in the gay world. Child, it's time to come take your Gaily Dose. Welcome to The Gaily Dose. I'm with Lucero Domogolski. I'm so excited, dolls, to bring you today a dose of um, a really good friend of mine. And actually, we haven't entitled it yet, which I think is going to be fun with him to figure out what we're going to call it a dose of. I have with me today my good friend, Daniel Pasariello, who is with DP Newsletics. Hey, Daniel, how are you? Hey, how am I? I'm doing great. Good evening. Yeah, good. Guten Abend. Wie geht es Ihnen? I, um, how would you say good? Uh, how would you, could you know any other languages? I don't know if you know any other, Daniel. Um, buenas noches. There you go. Buenas noches. <laughs> there you go. Um, I don't have this uh, episode titled yet, but I am super excited to talk to you because we and I have been talking about maybe collaborating for a while, right? And um, you've had quite a COVID and I'm excited to share with our dolls about uh, a little bit about who you are, your brand and what you're doing. Yeah, of course. I'm very excited to share. Yeah. So let's, let's chat a little bit. I was thinking back to how we met you and I. And um, I know we had some mutual friends that we met through initially. And then we met up for a drink. Where was it at? Opera um, Diem. Opera Diem, yes. Yeah, we had a dirt, I had a dirty martini. I think you had a martini too. I did, I totally did. Yeah. yeah. We, were, we were gin sisters. Yes, well, it was gin, no, you had gin, I had, uh, I had vodka. Oh, that's gin? true, yes. yes that's, right. I was like, yeah. talking about how much I love gin and the, what type of gin. <laughs> yeah, so and any, um, any recollection back to when we met up and, and what you'd share? Um, yeah, so I remember when we met, um, I was going through, I had just recently broken up with a previous boyfriend and it was a very toxic relationship. Little did I know it was very toxic. Oh, there's a wee bit, let me cue. Yes, very um, cute. I guess he wants to be on the video. I know, with, as with if he's not, he's not on your Insta enough, he's gotta be on the video, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that last relationship kind of left me feeling worthless. Uh, when you're in a very toxic relationship, it's it's one it's a relationship that you know keeps breaking you down. You're, all your emotional, um, all all the levels of emotion and self worth, they just get torn down, and in the end, you're left feeling worthless and like without that person, you're kind of lost. And that's where I was at that point. Um, I was just looking for myself and looking to find love or you know, companionship and friendship. 
Um, one of the things about toxic relationship, it kind of, they kind of like suck you out of, away from friends and away from making connections with other people. Um, and that's what happened. And I was just alone and just looking for new friends. And you, you sprung into my life uh, through mutual friends and offered to take me out for a drink. And um, little do you know, you actually transformed my life forever that night. What? So, that's dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so I remember when we were talking uh, about, you know I, know, I know we were like getting to know each other while we were having a drink. And um, I was telling you about my breakup and you told him and telling you about work and you were telling me about your work and your new um, startup you were working with and a group that you held, a discussion group you held with a bunch of, uh, you know, Atlanta gays to talk about, you know, the, the things that they go through. And I think that that's kind of like what has transitioned into this podcast. Yeah, it's that's right. kind of evolved and, you know, you've kind of expanded uh, beyond your living room to now, I mean, it's, it's, it's endless possibilities now, so it's great. But right then and there, I was like, wow, that's so great. Like you're very inspiring. And I was thinking like, I never had that. I never had a connection with other, you know, gay men um, and created my own family. I always thought my family were my parents and my sisters and that's it. But in reality, I hardly spend time with them because I lived alone. I lived with my boyfriend at the time. And, you know, my life was just very lonely. And you told me then that, you know, you saw every gay man as a beautiful unicorn. That's right. And, I remember that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and that we are all magical unicorns. And that really resonated with me right then and there. And I was like, I love unicorns. I, I freaking love them. I have unicorns all over my house, by the way. Unicorn slippers, uh, unicorn plush toys. But because it, it's what they symbolize, you know, they symbolize, you know, just something magical and something unique. And, you know, we really are all beautiful, unique, magical creatures. And that discussion with you is kind of what really propelled me into um, just going on a journey to of self-discovery and discovery of self-worth and a journey of self-love, learning to love myself. Um, and in that journey, I discovered a lot about myself and the world. Um, and it's something that is, it's really transformative and it's a beautiful thing. And, and if only we could all learn or take the time to actually date ourselves and learn to fall in love with ourselves, um, things would be so much easier. Because like RuPaul always says, um, if you can't, how are you, how are you gonna love anyone else? Wait, what does she say? If, if, if you, you can't, can't love yourself, how in the hell are you gonna love anybody else? And that is so true. Because I reflected a little bit through this process and I realized you know, in the past, I've, my last relationship was toxic, but so was the one before that. And so was the one before that one. 
and the one before that one and the one before that one. And I realized that maybe I was getting into those relationships because my, I didn't love myself or see myself as anything special. And I would latch on to these people that I thought were special and that I thought were like hot or amazing or fun because my insecurities and my self-worth was so low that I just wanted to be around them so I could feel valuable. And that is that creates the toxicity because the intention and the reason that we're together is the wrong one to begin with. Yeah, I think, Daniel, you're bringing up a really, this is a pattern I see. Um, I've lived exactly what you're saying too. I had a relationship in which I let the other individual's value, almost like it's a codependency where the other person's value is, is so great, less than your own to some degree. And I've seen it time and time again. Some of the sweetest, kindest, nicest gay guys I know don't know their own value. And they get in relationships in which they really, really get spun up about the other person um, and it becomes toxic. And then yeah. they're left at the end. It's like a pattern I see multiple times. And then the person that's, you know, you'll have one person left. It's just um, kind of doesn't have self-worth, self-love because they've spent so much time caring about really the other person in the relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how did you, so how did you, what did you do then when you, when you kind of decided, Hey, I'm going to work on self, what, what did you, where did you go to? How did you approach it? Well, I did want to say one thing in case my ex is listening. Um, I don't blame him and I sure. don't think it's the person that's toxic. I yep. think it's the relationship that becomes toxic. Yes. The person can become toxic in the relationship, but it literally takes the combination of both those people to create that toxic relationship. And that goes back to what I was saying is um, my intention going into relationship, obviously, because I felt worthless. I didn't think so at the time, but I see that when I'm self-reflecting now that like, I, I was with this person because I thought they were pretty and fun and, you know, looked amazing, but that those, the reasons I was with them, even though I did fall in love with that person, they, were, they weren't the right reasons to begin with. And they weren't the right intentions to literally transform a relationship into a very loving relationship. Because you didn't love yourself. You were therefore not really able to love him the right way. And therefore exactly. the relationship was toxic. And then he can't love me the right way because he doesn't, I mean, if I can't love myself, how can this other person love me? So we don't talk anymore because I've realized that, you know, together it, it doesn't work and it's not something I ever want to relive. And I found someone really amazing now, but that whole, that whole process, I found out I was able to discover through my transformation. And you asked me about my transformation, right? Yeah, I, well, what I actually asked was, what did you do then? So like, so you, you, we had that conversation and then you started sort of this self journey, right? You're a little unicorn, you're bright, you're beautiful. Um, yeah. And you're trying to start your own gay family, right? Which is not necessarily um, what we think we're supposed to do, but in reality, all those friends and all that support around you can be very useful. So, yeah. Um, 
tell me a little bit how you how did you even approach that so just meeting with you some a stranger that totally like made me feel special and just reminding me of how special and unique all of us are just just really encouraged me to kind of start focusing on myself and things that I enjoy and spending time with other people and the and people that I enjoy and so one thing that came out from my previous breakup was uh, when a friend told me if he's not willing to make time for you does he even value you and I realized like well there's also people in my life that obviously care like you want to go have a drink with me and get to know me as a person like why don't I make time for other people as well and so I went on this journey of um, wanting to go hiking and do all these activities and I proactively reached out to friends to spend time with them and friends that I made and I continuously made new and new friends through those friends they would bring along other friends and I would make more friends um, and so I was open to making friends and just being myself. And while hiking and, you know, becoming a little bit more active, I really enjoyed that. I started getting back into fitness and then COVID happened. And um, during COVID, I um, kind of, you know, I, I went on a YouTube binge and, you know, just started researching things. So that there was one thing I've always wanted ever since I was a kid, a six pack, okay? Like uh -huh. I wanted to be ripped. And I've always been chubby and thick boned or whatever, uh, an, an endomorph. Um, and uh, and, and I, I've never, I've, I've, I, my weight has fluctuated. I've gone through many different um, diets and different, um, and I've developed a couple of eating disorders in the past. And I was never able to get a six pack. I was able to get thin, you know, and that was a very unhealthy time. Like I was like just eating fruits like every day. That's it. And fruits are very low calories and yeah. a lot of fiber. Um, and I developed some other eating disorders that I don't know if you want to talk about, we could talk about later. But in the end, I was like, okay, so I got to figure this out. The last diet I was doing was keto. And I've been doing that for like three or four years just on and off, you know, I would do keto all the time. And then like on the weekend, I would splurge on some brownies or pizza. And so I was like, why isn't this working anymore? Like I can never get to the six pack. And I started just studying about nutrition and how keto works. And then I started seeing like intermittent fasting. My friends were talking about intermittent fasting and why that works. And in the end, all these diets work through caloric restriction. It's just calories in and calories out. And it's just simple math. You know, your body is like a machine. It uses food as fuel. Food is your fuel. And that's all it is. And it has a numeric number of energy assigned to it, which is the calories. And it's just like when you're pumping gas into your tank and you're looking at the number go around in circles to the till it gets to the right amount of gallons is the same exact thing. You need the right amount of energy in your tank so you could function throughout the day. So that led me through another journey of learning of how to find uh, your total daily ex energy expenditure, um, figuring out your maintenance calories, and then figuring out how to manage hunger. 
because one of the biggest things is just dealing with what your cravings are. Like, yes, we go on a diet. And what's the first thing people start doing is eating a salad, right? But like, why? Because the salad's lower in calories. You would think sometimes it's actually more than my burger because you guys loaded up with so much dressing um, that's very heavy. So figuring out how to make these meals lower in calories and knowing my numbers and my goals and setting these goals every day um, really helped transform me physically. Um, and so through this journey, I developed some recipes and I've posted them on Instagram now, like some of my favorites, because I've always had a sweet tooth. So I have like chicken and waffles, French toast. I just made a cookie dough recipe the other week. Um, and this cookie dough literally like it has less calories and more protein than a protein bar you would find. And it tastes even so much more delicious. So if I have that, I'll never crave cookies. Um, and I've developed some brownie recipes that are really good to have about a third of the calories of a regular brownie. And so all these tricks and tips and hacks that I've created, um, it really helped maintain, um, really helped me keep to my goals, my calorie goals that I figured out through calculations and trial and error. And I was able to just get to my six pack. Like finally, it took about eight months um, of just consistently like just eating the foods I enjoy every day. And I eat a lot. Like you see me when I'm out at the club or at a party, I always have sandwiches with me, but I've calculated all these meals into my daily budget. And it, it literally is just like a budget. You know, you have a daily budget of what you could spend in a day. You just, you could splurge it all on a Prada handbag, or you could actually go grocery shopping and buy things you need. Right. It's the same thing. You could splurge your caloric budget on, you know, one pizza, or you could have many different lower calorie items throughout the day. And that's what I choose to do. But I choose to eat the foods that seem higher in calories and just lower in calories through my like engineering hacks of cooking it correctly. So through that, um, I transformed my body. I got a six pack. I got ripped. Um, and you know, it's funny. Like I didn't even realize it. It, 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 like someone pointed it out. They're like, Oh my gosh, you got a six pack. Your body's amazing. I'm like, and that, and, and I'm like, what? I still felt insecure. I didn't know what people were seeing. And, um, it took about like six to eight months. I started in October and then by June, July, people were like just gasping, taking pictures, asking me to train them. Um, and the requests got a little bit overwhelming. And, um, and I'm like, you know, if I trained you, I mean, I really wouldn't do anything because if you're not, if you're not fueling your muscle growth or fueling appropriately to burn fat and build muscle, you're not gonna get any results. You're basically just flexing at the gym with weights. Right. So it's not that easy. Like we gotta get your nutrition down. It truly is like what you put in your body is the most important thing. That's how you function in your daily life. Like right. anything you do, even studying or going to work, like you need to fuel it properly. So I became so passionate about nutrition um, and I wanted to just uh, share that 
message with everyone because I noticed when I would tell people that, um, all of a sudden they'll, they'll, they start peering the other way. They're like, oh my gosh, can you train me? I'll do anything you tell me. I'm like, well, actually, first, I'm not going to train you until we get your nutrition down. And then you start seeing them like, uh, <laughs> but, but why? Like, it's amazing. Once you learn to control, like, literally, you know exactly what you're putting in your mouth. You could enjoy every single bite of the plate you have in front of you because you know exactly where it's going. You know exactly if it's going to build muscle the next day or if it's just going to be burned off through the, through the rest of the day. Like, you know exactly where every piece is going. You never feel guilty. You can actually enjoy every single bite you have and you actually transform as a person. And that's the biggest transformation that happened to me because I became a person that plans everything, that always has a plan. And I always say, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Because through this journey, I had to plan every meal. I had to before, and I didn't deprive myself. I still went out. I go out to dinners with friends, um, but I plan it. I find out where are we going to dinner. I go and look at the menu. And when I get there, I already know what I'm getting. So you become a person that know, knows 10 steps ahead exactly what they're gonna do. And you stick to your word. You become an accountable person that always sticks to the word, meets their goals. Um, even with drinking, I still go out and have drinks with friends. But I say, I'm in the morning, I know that I'm going to have two when I go out. And I already know the caloric budget that I need to designate for that. And I, because I know that, I know what to eat the rest of the day and how to allocate. Dolls, we are so excited to announce the Gaily Dose Diva honoree. Patty Ellis is a wife, mother, and realtor, yet her influence and investment in the families across the South and beyond are momentous, and the lives of all that she and Jeff touched will forever be changed. A fierce servant to her community, after you listen to her story in a dose of proud mama, reach out to Patty and share in giving her our praise. Happy Pride and congratulations, Patty. We need more divas like you. So let's talk a little bit about this, um, Daniel. So there are a couple of things. So one, this is obviously how you transform physically, right? So you, you wind up finding a groove. You find the right niche of, of behaviors that are gonna get you um, really the body transformation that you had dreamed of or that you had wanted. So that's one dimension of Daniel, right? But at the same time, there's also another, you, you're in a relationship now, right? So you had not mm -hmm. been in a relationship. Now you're in a, a relationship you enjoy. Do you feel like those are related at all? Yeah, I do. So that journey was even more, it was amazing too. So during my breakup, I had a friend that I had met that truly loved me. And we hung out every day together. And whenever I needed something, he was there. He was there before I needed him. And we truly enjoyed spending time together. We went hiking uh, every time together. We would hang out with friends together. And people would always make fun of us, like, are we not together? Well, stubborn me, I didn't want to be in a relationship. 
I was so traumatized from the previous one. I was like, I don't want to be with anybody anymore. I just want to focus on myself. I just want to have fun. I just want to meet people and make friends and, you know, and kind of like not be a slut, but, you know, get, go on a date. Have your freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Just know, get to know people and just find myself and learn to, because that previous relationship just like took me away from everyone, from any type of fun, from any type of friends. And so I was like, I just need to like be free. And this person was there to be free with me. Like we would travel together when we were traveling, you know, I'd make new friends. And this person just really became such a great partner. And in the end, like, I, I never wanted to be with anyone else other than this person. I, I, want, I wanted to be with other people, like, you know, just as friends. But I, in the end, at the end of the night, I just wanted to see this person's face because that's what I got used to. And that's when I realized, like, that's true love. That's true partnership because this person moved literally to the building across the street just to be closer to me. She was hunting you down, girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you know she, she knew she's... what she wanted and she went for it. But the thing is, she didn't hold it against me that I just wanted to be free. And I was so stubborn for so long to see that like this person was perfect for me because I was so used to being with people that I had to chase. That when someone was chasing after me, I, I was too stupid to see it. But the thing is, you have to be open to receive that type of love. And I can tell you, it is uncomfortable. When you don't really love yourself, it's, it's very awkward to have someone chase after you. And that's why we're, we don't, we don't ever end up with the people that truly love us because we are so insecure in ourselves and so insecure and, and don't really love ourselves that we're like, why is this person like always following me? always want to be around me. Like that is, that I just need some space. Well, why? Let that person love you. And that you only find when you finally fall in love with yourself. You're like, yeah, that's right. Of course this person loves me because I'm awesome. And this person's awesome. And you yeah. accept their love. And then you also learn to love them back. So yeah, self-love, it's, it's real. It is real. And I will say this too. Um, she happens to be from my same hometown. So I'm not surprised. Texas, uh, Texas breeds some pretty good, pretty good men. I, um, yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask you this though. So we talk a little bit. It's interesting to me. You found a healthier place. Now, some people would consider counting your calories every day um, extreme, right? And um, although I would say you found a way to achieve what you want to, meaning by having the physical form that you want to, you feel self-confident, you feel self-love, and that's important to Daniel. Um, is there anything about the physical form, right? Having that six pack, that you think is overly emphasized in our culture? And what do you feel like your, your part of your journey is in nutrition and then still not giving people kind of body dysmorphia if they feel like they can't, or they, if, what if they can't achieve that with, with uh, you know, it's one thing being healthy is the goal, 
being sexy or being this kind of certain shape may not be your your body makeup? It's a very good question. Um, I promote transformation, no matter what transformation looks like to you. To me, transformation is being the best version. Every day we transform. Every day we wake up a new person and we take everything we learned from the day before and we use that to become the person that we are today. And the goal is to transform into a better version of yourself because you can become complacent complacent and you can become transformative a negative way um and so i just want people to be the best version of themselves and what and i advocate and promote any form of goals that will make you feel like you achieved something because anything that hold on sorry i just got an alert anything that makes you it's not the six pack that is, it's, it's not the six pack that is overly gra- glamorized. It's that that was a goal for me since I was a child. I just wanted one. I want to know what it felt like to have one. And in getting that, I felt like I finally achieved a lifelong goal. Like I've been wanting it since I was 13 and I didn't get it until I was 33. Like the amount of years and to finally achieve it, that is literally the most rewarding thing possible because I've been working on it for so long but whatever it is for a person I advocate for and I do think there is um you know it is overly emphasized in our culture and I'll tell you when I got a six-pack six-packs don't mean shit to me anymore as soon as now I see a six-pack and it doesn't mean anything it's just a muscle it, it, it's it literally, and honestly, I didn't do much to get it. All I did was just eat right. You know, I just, I just logged and counted my calories and, you know, made my foods and got creative in the kitchen. That's it, you know? And so it doesn't make someone a better person or a better version or anything. And that's the message I want to send because I think people are beautiful no matter what. And when you, and when you transform and you finally fall in love with yourself for real, and you look in that mirror and you're like, damn, that person's sexy. No matter what that looks like to you, you end up truly finding beauty in other people because you're not, you're not so stuck up in your own insecurities. And I realized that, that when in the past, when I would be, um, a little bit distant with people like friends would be like hey you want to go out to dinner I'd be like oh no I'm good what was the reason for that well it's probably because of my own insecurities I was probably feeling fat I probably ate something that didn't make me like I wasn't proud of what I did or you know I just didn't feel good and I didn't want to be around them because I, I was kind of embarrassed well it when you finally feel good each and every day and feel amazing each and every day you don't care you don't you don't limit people from spending time with you and allowing them to love you because you, and you end up loving them and spending time with them because you're not so stuck up in your own complex and your own insecurities. Yeah. It's a, it's a practice of self-love. It's kind of like what you said earlier every day, right. As you, and and let's be realistic. Not every day is a great day. Right. But as you kind of make a continuum where you're moving forward and moving forward, you do find that those social interactions, they're, they're more welcome, right? Potentially, if you're an extrovert, 
right? If you're an introvert, hey, you're gonna take more of those social interactions and you're gonna use good use of your introverted time, right? You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna invest in things that move you forward. Um, and I do think that it is an evolution, as you said, right? It's, it's something that you kind of choose every morning. Yeah. Um, and, and I just want to, I want people to know that like, you know, it, when you look at that person across the pool or whatever, and they have a six pack abs in the end, I mean, they're just as lost and insecure and nerdy and goofy when they get home as you are. We're all in this together. We're all just trying to be accepted um, from others. And so what I want people to do is to realize that and then just accept themselves. That's it. That's the only person that needs your acceptance is yourself. And once you have that, I mean, when you, when you stand in the middle of a room filled with people, you are confident because you're with yourself. You're with the most loved person in your life. You don't need to be talking to someone or be part of a group just to feel safe. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, of course. You ever at the bar where you feel like if you're just by yourself, you're like awkward. Like, what am I doing? What do I do with my hands? Well, once you love yourself, you don't mind that. You you're don't like, care. I'm just gonna sit yep. here because I'm chill. You know, like I'm just enjoying my time here. Yeah, I'm gonna go over here and, and you talk enjoy to watching other people. Yeah, or I'll go talk to Peepaw over here. What's your name, right? And you're not worried about whether or not they think that you're into them or they're not. You're just literally yeah. saying hi to someone at the bar. No, I definitely, I definitely see that. Um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting evolution for sure. I, I will say this too, Daniel. I've noticed something about your your brand, also DP Newthletics, uh, um, and what you're doing. Do you have a way that you kind of transform? Oh, is that your shirt? You're like, well, yeah, this is the old logo. Someone told me that this looks like a J, so it's like DJP. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. So I redesigned it. This was okay. just an old shirt I had. It looks like a DP to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's the first time you've heard that. Um, what do you, <laughs> what do you think though about what I was going to say is that you, you also have a way of now encouraging people very visibly, whether it's in the way you speak on social media or what you say in person, you seem to have transformed that self-love into love for other people. Is that something you actively pursue? Is it something yeah. that makes you happy? What is it? Tell me about that. Yeah, I love people. I, I, I love everybody. And, and I, I think there's a beauty and a magical unicorn in each person. I am always so astounded. I, every day I come home, and I reflect when I'm home and I'm talking to my boo. I don't know if he wants me to say his name on here. Um, and I always tell him about my day and things I've learned. And every day, like it has not failed me. I learned something new from another person. And that's the thing that people need to realize. Each one of you is magical and has something amazing to offer society and other people in your life it might be as as some as small as you know like oh there's this new phone that came out or did you try you know have you tried this um this new this new workout or this new song what are you were gonna say like a, a new lube or something 
<laughs> no, some guy told me, told me, he's like, have you ever heard about Imodium? I'm like, what? What about it? He's like, oh yeah, you can take that. And then like you go bottom. I'm like, what? <laughs> you didn't know that girl. <laughs> but you see, I didn't know that because like right, right. You know, I've been for the past two years, COVID stuck with one person. I don't right, need right. to, right? But like just interacting with other people, like I learned something new. But in my, see, the thing is the value of something, right? Art, what is the value? What determines the value is the amount that someone's willing to pay for it. So the value of the stuff that you, your knowledge or the ideas you have or your thoughts on the world or the skills you have or you've developed in, at work or in your family, everyone has different life experiences. No matter, no two people are exactly the same, even if they're twins. And each one of those people has so much, something to offer of value to others. And they need to realize that and they need to, to know that it's very valuable. But in the end, the value only comes from the person willing to purchase it, right? And so it all has to, they have to know that they're worth something in order to share it. And if they truly love themselves and they know that like the things they've learned have value, then they're more willing to share it with the world and love others. And that's why I love other people because I've realized everyone in this world has something amazing to offer. I learn something every day from one person or another. I get to know, learn, uh, meet new people and, um, you know, have amazing hugs. And uh, yeah, it's just really great. And le we learn from each other. A lot of people ask me a lot of questions. Um, I'll divulge any information or help them as much as I can. Cause I know that I've acquired some new skills that people find valuable. Yeah, but I we think, all do. We all think, have it. I think what's interesting and and uh, remarkable about what you said, though, Daniel, is that some of the things that you mentioned, right, as reasons that you're thankful in a day for a given human and your interaction with them, some of them are very simple things. They don't have to be these complex, deep sort of insights. I think there's a sort of an appreciation for a really good interaction with another human, right, and getting some some value from it. And I do also think that in the, the gay community, having that appreciation for, um, for others and what they're bringing to you and the little insight they're giving you um, is a good way of appreciating and loving other people for just the simple things. It doesn't have to be a complex, oh my God, you changed my life today, right, moment. It can just be something very simple that you're thankful for. Yeah, but if you think about it, it does change your life. Yeah. Like even one little new nugget of information, now your life, has that information so your life at this moment after receiving that nugget of information is different than your life before you received that information so every single moment you experience is life-changing you just need to realize that yeah and and also you know if you think about it I don't feel like a parent now as I talk to my kids too. You know, as you think about the people that you spend your time with, right? The people that you spend your time with as you select friends, because not everyone gets to be a close friend, right? You get lots of acquaintances and you, and that's joyous because you meet lots of people. But as you develop your friendships, you can really choose people that also give you even more value, right? Who you really want to, I call it double clicking, right? 
I want to spend more time with you. I want to spend more time with you. And as you select those people in your life, they give you potentially a lot more information you didn't have or a lot more insight you didn't have. Um, but I do think the attitude that we both share that everyone in the unicorn kingdom has value um, is a very healthy one for sure. Hey, Helmut, where do you get your prep? I'm a local pharmacist. Really? Have you heard of AHF Pharmacy? They are not for profit. Uh, those pharmacies exist? <laughs> I know more than you. 96% of all of their profits go to help those in need. Wow, 96%. Yep, and they deliver free to your home for all your drug needs. They even staff HIV specialists. It's a full-service pharmacy. Ooh, I like full-service. How do I learn more? <laughs> Look them up at ahfcheshirebridge.com. ahfcheshirebridge.com. I said what I said. Ooh. <laughs> um, so um, let me ask you this. I'm going to broaden uh, the unicorn kingdom a little bit, Daniel, and ask you kind of as you think of, well, think of like gay society, but also lesbian, trans, all, all of the rainbow community. What are some of your Happy thoughts? Happy Bisex Week, by the way. I know. It is Bisexual Week. Good job. Although we'll be airing this later. <laughs> um, what, what, um, what do you think about the rest of the community? How does gay play with the rest of the queer community? What do you think we should, how should we? How should we interact? And what do you think our future should be or could be? When you transform yourself, you really transform your perspective on the world and everything you see. Um, but you really truly get back what you put out. Um, and when you're putting out just love and care for other people, that comes back to you. And that's what I would love to see in the gay community is for everyone to just focus on truly finding love within themselves in order to share that love with the people around them so that they really can embrace each other and embrace um, being around and being there for each other as a community um, and in a very accepting community because I do see sometimes in the, in the gay community, there might be some segmentation or um, diff, you know, people just treating people differently depending on how they identify. Today, I just joined a conference call about uh, bi plus and biphobia since it's a bisexual awareness week. And, you know, they realize, you know, even, um, and the person speaking was a transgender, bisexual, person that identified as transgender and bisexual. And there's literally endless possibilities of how people identify. And they shouldn't be categorized into one specific category or treated differently because of that category. Everyone's beautiful in how they are unique. And we just need to embrace their uniqueness does that answer your question? Because yeah, no, it does because no, it it does because um, this kind of bleeds into a concept. Um, we had a, a podcast called a Dose of Perspective. What you're speaking to um, was not his desire, but it is very similar to a comment he made. It's almost like we need to get over the fact that there's these letters in the rainbow and just accept that we're all part of the rainbow and not necessarily need to put people in this certain box or this certain box to be loved, right? We just need to love them as they are. And particularly, I think you're right. We have a lot of um, 
I've seen many of these examples. You'll see gays who are very critical of women or gays that are very critical of lesbians or lesbians who are very critical of trans or you know, the bisexual community struggles a lot because people say, oh, you're greedy. Oh, you're just, well, no, they're just bisexual, right? They can't um, they can, it. Right, they can be attracted to both. That doesn't mean that they're a whore either. That means that they're just can be attracted to both and they may select a person to be with. And that's very similar to maybe a lesbian or gay man who could technically be attracted to many and may choose a person or they may choose to be with the person, still be open, right? It's just, there are so many variations as to what can happen in- The possibilities are truly endless. It's way more than a rainbow, the amount of colors in the rainbow. Right, which is why I kind of think the rainbow still works because it kind of bleeds <clears> into <throat> each color, right? You kind of like kind of work your way across all the color spectrum, so. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, I, 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 sometimes I wonder, we have sort of the new, you know, there's the, the trans, the triangle, and there's, it's like how many colors, you can't really iterate enough colors for how many iterations there are. You can just put all the colors together and it just becomes black. Right. right. Just make it black. Black. <laughs> black. Yeah, that's all the two. colors. That's like... taken too. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think that's a really, that's a really good piece. You know, one of the things we didn't chat through, Daniel, just to give our, our, um, our dolls a little bit perspective. Did you, did you come out young or did you come out later in life or just curious about that? Um, I think I came out. So the way I came out was my mom walked in on me having sex with a guy. Oh, oh, okay. All right. It wasn't, it wasn't a choice to come out. Um, and, but I will say it just happened. <laughs> When I was having sex with that guy, this was in high school. I think I was about um, 16 or 17. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so I went to high school in Italy. Okay. At a private school. Um, It was like, you know, like military brats type thing. And um, and, and, and in Italy, the gay culture um, since everyone in this culture uh, stay, lives with their family like their whole life, they never like move out of their parents' house until they're like 50. Um, the gays in that community um, are very closeted. And so I, I didn't have like that type of group or that type of community to kind of help me um, find, find myself or come out. Uh, so I identified as bisexual at that time. And in the end, you know, I ended up finding someone that I liked and I dated and it was, it was kind of like my boyfriend, but my secret boyfriend. And uh, he came over one day and my mother came in from grocery shopping and I ran off of him. I jumped off of him, ran into the bathroom and he put some sheets over and my mom's like, who are you? And he's like, uh, (laughs) Daniel's over there. And I'm like in the bathroom. She's like knocking. She's like, "What is going on?" And I'm like in my underwear. It's like she's like, "What are you doing?" So my uh, my my mother was a Catholic schoolgirl. I mean, for the longest time in my life, she she always said, "You know, I'm gonna go to hell," or you know, "It's not right." And every year it gets better. So I mean, she's been slowly transforming into a better version of herself too, and learning to love and I mean now my parents love my boyfriend like 
sometimes I feel like more than they love me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they love he is lovable. the same, but like, I mean, my boyfriend's so much more funner, more fun to talk to um, than I am sometimes. Cause sometimes when they talk to me, I'm like really stressed or something. Um, so I'm like, oh, I'll just talk to, talk to him. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, that's a yeah. Good, so I mean, I was forced kind of into coming out. But that's but what you what you shared, Daniel. I think with our 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 dolls is that you know, like there is a journey there for her as well. And yeah. in, in your journey, I, I mean, her, accept that. and that that level of unacceptance impacts your self love. But that's something you grow through, right? Yeah. You grow through and so we're we're all going through this journey together. I mean, we're all on this huge spaceship in space, just going around in circles. And in the end, I mean, we just got to make the best of it. But, you know, as we have got, had to go through our, you know, self-discovery and journey of, uh, through our process of going out, coming out, we have to acknowledge that that whole time we've been trying to figure out who we are, the people in our lives sometimes haven't gone through that yet. And so when you come out to them, kind of a shock and that's where they start their journey and it's very disheartening sometimes that you know people go through that process where like they're like oh they don't talk to their family they don't talk to their parents and it's very unfortunate that sometimes it gets to that point but in the end just know that you know we're all on a journey it's a different journey than yours and that person's journey is on a different level but in the end, we're all on a journey and let's just accept each other for whatever journey we're on and just focus on our own journey. Yeah, as opposed to the, those of others. And, to, and of as opposed to the other, because they, yeah. they're gonna get there whenever they are. And it's the same thing, my, my boyfriend's dealing with it with his uh, brother. His brother right now, like he just doesn't wanna work. He doesn't wanna work, he doesn't want, he just wants to smoke pot all day. And, they're, and the parents are like trying to be like, go get a job, go get it, and he keeps running away. I'm like, of course he is. Like, to the w by telling him what to do, like he just feels like a failure. He doesn't want to be reminded that he's a failure every day, and he'd rather just be out of that environment. Just like you know, whatever. Just let him be. He'll figure it out. Even though today he's not at the same journey as his his schoolmate that now has a car and has a job. Who knows? Five years down the road, he might be owning a company, and that person might have been let go. We're on different journeys, just at different times. So we just need to love uh, the journey we're on and, you know, let others, you know, work their journey out. Right. And it's exciting I, I, to watch it from afar. I, well, I will say this as a parent, I will say, and or a vested friend, because I've had friends that have been in very, very dark places. I think the key is to not necessarily try to control the journey or change their journey. I think seeking to understand and really listening and trying to understand what's really going on with someone can help them self-actualize, right? Can help them mm -hmm. sort of learn or, or express maybe what they're really going through. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, if, they, if that doesn't work, a therapist is also a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, in order to be open to ask that question, so I've always said intention determines response. My boss told me that a long time ago. So you're the, for, in order for you to have the intention to actually care about and ask how that person's doing in their journey, 
um, and, and get the right response back, you, you have to have the right intention. And it can't yep. be to control their journey or yep. push them a certain way or influence in any way. You literally have to be selfless and be, you know, very unbiased to wherever they're at in the journey. As soon as you have one step of level of bias of like, oh, you should, you should be in college now, or you should love your child because he's gay. As soon as there's that bias, then you really aren't giving yourself to that person to be there for them. Um, you're just, it's not, it's not, it's trying to influence it. Yeah. It's not unconditional. And the other part that's key about it, um, as we think through that is that they have to know that you're unbiased. So it's not only do you have, you know, you can't just suddenly change your opinion and say, I'm going to be unbiased about the outcome of this conversation. You actually have, they have to believe that you're unbiased. And that's the other part that the hearer does. That's a really great, um, that's a really great quote. I will remember that. Um, thank you, Daniel. This has been so much fun. I have loved it. I've loved, I love your journey. I love, um, how open and honest you are. And I think a lot of dolls be really impacted and encouraged by your dose of transformation. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I will say, so even though, you know, I might look like a fitness queen or whatever, you know, my page that I created at DP underscore Newthletics. I'm trying to put out just messages daily through stories or posts of just promoting self-love and just being a better version of yourself. It's not to, you know, promote a certain body type or anything. It's just, you know, giving advice, giving tips, things that you might want to implement. One day you might not even care about what I say. The next day you might find something of value. And all I ask is that, you know, you just be open not only to me, but to everyone in your life. Um, and what they have to share, because we take, like, you know, we, we could take little things from each person in our, in our lives um, and implement it and become, re- blossom into really great, magnificent, beautiful, magical creatures. Um, and so, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Thank, thank you, Daniel. You're a fantastic niece, a fantastic unicorn, and, and I love you greatly. So I'm excited to see what comes of uh, your next years ahead, because I know oh, it's only going to be great. <laughs> and uh, Dolls, we're so thankful for your time today. Um, and we remind you, once you've learned to love yourself, we need you to learn to love everybody else. Bye-bye. <laughs>